Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the John Cast. My name is John Jorgensen, and we're reading the Gospels, people. We have been in this series, Summer Reading, in which we're looking at how to read the Gospels at a bit of a deeper level. Uh, I am not a scholar or theologian. I'm sure many of you who are listening are not scholars or theologians, but that doesn't mean that we cannot read these books in a transformative way and understand them at a deep level and understand the history and the context and some of the original language surrounding them. And that's what we're seeking to do over these last several weeks. If you haven't listened yet to any of our first four weeks, I highly recommend you go back and do that uh, because this episode will uh, build on that, hopefully. Um, So before we talk about the Gospels today, I want to take you back and tell you a little story from last year. So in 2019, Sweet Bear and I, one day, decided to go see Avengers Endgame. Now, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Avengers Endgame, uh, but honestly, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably don't care about spoilers anyway. So, Sweet Bear and I, we decided to go see Endgame. Here's the catch. We had barely seen any of the other Avengers movies. I think I had seen... Uh, part of the first Iron Man movie, I had seen Black Panther, uh, and maybe, and I'd seen the first two Avengers. I'd seen Avengers, and then I'd seen Age of Ultron, but I really hadn't seen any of the other movies. Um, But we saw that Infinity War was on Netflix, and so we watched it, and uh, then we said, okay, well, let's go see Endgame tonight. Side note, when I told my good friend Chris, um, who for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you might know him. He was the co-host of the Media High podcast that we had for a while. Um, When I told Chris that this is what we did, that we just saw Infinity War and then went to see Endgame, he said, why, John? Why would you do that to yourself? And I'm sure there are many big Marvel fans out there who are feeling the same way right now. But to be honest with you, when we went to see Endgame that night, only having really seen Infinity War, we were able to follow the basic plot of Endgame pretty well. However, there were definitely several moments when it was clear that because we did not understand the backstory of a certain relationship or character, we were missing out on something significant or something deep in terms of the meaning of a scene or a line or an image. For example, there's that moment, and this is your spoiler alert, people, when Captain America summons Thor's hammer. He, like, calls Thor's hammer, and he catches it. Aaron and I, in the moment when we saw it, we really didn't think much of it because we hadn't seen any of the Thor movies or any of the Captain America movies. But we were obviously missing something because the crowd in the theater went absolutely nuts when they saw that. Okay, so you may be thinking at this point, John, other than spoiling Endgame, how does this relate to the Bible? Well, in many ways, going to see Endgame without having watched the entire Avengers canon of films, it's a lot like reading the Gospels without having read the Old Testament. You know, you can follow the basic story of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but if you really want to understand the deeper meaning and significance within these accounts, you need to first know the backstory of the rest of the biblical canon because the gospel authors rely on the Old Testament heavily. In John chapter 5, Jesus himself said that the scriptures of the Old Testament bear witness or speak about him. 
in Luke 24, the resurrected Jesus explains the significance of his death to Cleopas by walking him through the entirety of Scripture, and their Scripture in those days was our Old Testament. There's a book by Richard B. Hayes called Echoes of Scripture in the Gospels, and it's a big, long, thick, nerdy book. Uh, But the book essentially is making a connection between the Old Testament and the Gospel accounts. And he says this, Jesus and his first century followers were Jews whose symbolic world was shaped by Israel's Scripture. Their way of interpreting the world and their hopes for God's saving action were fundamentally conditioned by the biblical stories of God's dealing with the people of Israel. Therefore, it is not surprising that as the earliest Christian communities began to tell and retell stories about Jesus, they interpreted his life, death, and resurrection in relation to those biblical stories, i.e., the text that later Christians came to call the Old Testament. In other words, what the gospel authors often do is they retrospectively draw upon Old Testament passages and stories in order to highlight and show the significance of Jesus's identity and his actions to Jewish people in the first century. That, that is so often how these gospel authors are doing it. And according to Hayes, the gospel authors often do this in three different ways. First, there are direct quotations. These are pretty easy for us to see as modern readers. Often these quotations will be preceded by phrases like, you have heard it said, like Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, or in the words of the prophet blank. Like in Mark, Mark opens his account by directly quoting a passage from the prophet Isaiah, specifically from Isaiah 40. Second, in a bit more subtle way, the authors will also make what Hayes calls allusions to the Old Testament. So these are not direct quotations per se, but the author will use a a key phrase or several key words, and those words will bring to mind an Old Testament passage. Uh, again, at the beginning of his account, Mark does this with Jesus' baptism. As Jesus is coming up out of the water and the Spirit of God descends, Mark uses this phrase, he saw heaven being torn open. And he doesn't say anything about the prophet Isaiah. However, that exact phrase is used in Isaiah 64, which is another time when God is depicted as descending to dwell among his people. So it alludes back to Isaiah 64. And then finally, and this is the most subtle, are what Hayes calls echoes. This is often the use of only one word or one phrase or one image, but but it is so palpable, it is so familiar that that one word or one image will invoke or bring about thoughts of an earlier text. A great example of this, again in Mark, after Jesus is baptized, what happens? He's sent into the wilderness to be tested by the Spirit. And this image of coming through the water and being sent into the wilderness, what does that sound like? It is a direct echo of the story of Exodus, right? When Israel came through the water, through the Red Sea, and then wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. By the way, how long was Jesus in the desert being tempted? 40 days. Yes, no coincidence there. 
So, so what's the point of all this? What's the point of all these allusions and quotations and echoes? What are the authors trying to do? What are they trying to do to us as readers by calling back to so many Old Testament passages? Well, Tim Mackey of the Bible Project um, calls these echoes hyperlinks, um, and maybe a more modern illustration would be a hashtag, yes? When you use a hashtag on Twitter, for example, and you click on that hashtag, what you what happens is you're linked to a library, essentially, that lists all the other uses of that term. It, it takes you sort of like to an encyclopedia of hashtag Christian. This is a great illustration. This idea of clicking to a hashtag and being linked to a library or an encyclopedia. This is a great picture of what happens naturally in our minds when we see the image of Cap summoning Thor's hammer. Immediately what happens when we see that image is our minds link to an encyclopedia of knowledge that we have gathered because we've watched the films and we understand the backstory of both Thor and Cap's world. We understand the rules that have been established about Thor's hammer and about the relationship between Cap and Thor. And all of that is ignited or linked to the moment we see Cap summoning that hammer. And so that moment in the film, because it's linked, hyperlinked, or hashtagged to all of that encyclopedia of knowledge, that moment becomes extremely significant without the filmmakers having to explain it word for word. And the first century audience that the Gospels are written to, they knew scripture, what we call our Old Testament, as well as many of us know the Avengers films. Most of them, they had poured over these stories and images of the Old Testament to the point where they were deeply internalized. These people had a vast encyclopedia of knowledge when it came to the law and the prophets and the writings. And so, while the gospel authors will sometimes use a direct quotation, they understand that they're writing to an audience that knows the scriptures very well. And so most of the time, they merely echo the Old Testament. They merely give a suggestion of it, and they expect their audience of Bible nerds to get it. So, what do we do then? Well, all of this to say, I should explain, one of the best ways that I believe we can read and understand the Gospels more deeply is to also read and understand the Old Testament more deeply. Now, obviously, that is a huge task, right? With the Gospels, we're talking about four shorter books. With the Old Testament, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages. But I, I want to share with you a couple ways that I myself have gone about giving myself a greater education of the Old Testament, increasing what we are calling an encyclopedia of knowledge with the Old Testament so that when the gospel authors make an echo, I am able to recognize it. It hashtags to my library of understanding. So here's two ways that I have grown a greater understanding over the years of what happens uh, within the Old Testament. Obviously, there are great read-a-Bible-in-a-year plans that you can follow. I've done this several times, um, and it amounts to quite a bit of reading. Um, if you're a slow reader like me, usually amounts to about 30-plus minutes of reading a day, um, and it's a lot to read. The Bible is a large book, and so it's a lot to read, even in a year. Um, 
And you all know that I'm a big proponent of reading the Bible for the sake of transformation. We've talked about that on this podcast, which normally looks like a very slow approach to reading the text. However, I think there's also room for faster reading as well. Uh, faster reading so as to familiarize ourselves with the grand narrative or the grand themes of the Bible as a whole. When we're reading for the sake of increasing our encyclopedia of knowledge, I think it's okay to read a little bit faster, a little bit more of a pace. Speaking of themes, uh, rather than reading the Old Testament chronologically, which is what many reading the Bible in a year plans will do for you, you can also approach it thematically. This is a bit of a newer approach for myself, uh, but the best resource that I know for this is The Bible Project on YouTube. They have a theme video series that is a great introduction to the main themes of the Old Testament, but in introducing those themes, they walk through many of the main stories and images of the Old Testament, and they even begin to connect many of those images and themes to Jesus. And so as I've watched those theme videos over time, it increases my encyclopedia of knowledge. And it's a great hint into what it means to view the Bible in this way, specifically to view the story of Jesus as a hyperlink or a hashtag to many of the goings-on in the Old Testament. So those are two ways of educating ourselves on the Old Testament that I would recommend. If you want to check out or read the Bible in a year plan, there's plenty of free ones. Or if you want to take a thematical approach, check out the Bible Project on YouTube, specifically their theme video series. But ultimately, the takeaway for this episode is this. One of the best ways to understand Jesus in the Bible is to understand the Bible that Jesus read, a.k.a. to understand the Old Testament. So there you have it, another piece in our gospel cake, if you will. Uh, But before you go, I do want to let you know about one more resource that I've created for you all. Obviously, we've been in this summer reading series on how to read the Gospels. I hope you have been learning a lot of very helpful techniques for your reading. However, I would consider this series a massive failure if we went through the whole thing and never actually were led through reading the actual gospel accounts. So what I've done is I have put together a daily reading plan that will lead you through all four accounts in 30 days. It amounts to about two chapters per day. uh, And we have about four weeks left in this series. So that reading plan starts today. You can click the link in the description of this episode to join the 30-day gospel reading challenge. I would love to find some way for us to kind of like stay connected and chat as we read. I might start like a WhatsApp group or something. Just make sure to follow me on Instagram at John Jorgensen for uh, all the updates on the 30-day gospel reading challenge. But that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to the John cast. If you haven't yet, please leave a review. That's super helpful for us as we continue to try and get this show to grow. Uh, but yes, I love you all. I'll see you next week. Keep being awesome. Awesome.